To me, this is the same thing that I'm seeing in places in southeast Wisconsin and southern Wisconsin and northwest Wisconsin. It's the whole critical race theory, the anti-racism, racism. That's what these folks are teaching. That's what they have been indoctrinated in as educators and administrators. That's what they're passing along to our children. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Today, we are joined by the executive director of Empower Wisconsin, an award-winning investigative reporter and 30-plus year veteran of print, broadcast, and online journalism. Please welcome to the program, Matt Kittle. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoy the good work that you do. Matt, we really appreciate your being with us today. And it's getting harder and harder to find dependable sources to hear conservative opinions. And yours has been a voice that people have been hearing from now for over 30 years. Perhaps one of the most interesting pieces of your work was your Pulitzer Prize-nominated series, Wisconsin Secret War, that chronicled the John Doe investigations of Scott Walker and people in his administration. Can you share with us some of the important things that happened during that time and uh, perhaps some of the learnings that we can take from it to ensure that these types of things don't happen again in our future? Yeah, the John Doe investigation was, without a doubt, one of the darkest chapters in Wisconsin's history. I mean, there's no other way around it if you look at it rationally, realistically. What you had in the John Doe investigation was the weaponization of liberal government actors, bureaucrats, against conservatives, and in many cases, just average, ordinary, conservative Wisconsinites who had their homes raided at the break of dawn in coordinated raids, whose lives were spied on by government actors who were threatened and harassed. It was an unconstitutional investigation that was finally found to be unconstitutional by the Wisconsin Supreme Court, thankfully, in 2015. But the ramifications, Bill, of of the John Doe investigation continue to this day. Thankfully, we had reform that went back following the John Doe investigation by the Republican-led Assembly and Senate signed into law by Governor Scott Walker. He said you can't use the John Doe law, which basically is a a secret form of investigation where um, witnesses and targets of the investigation are threatened with jail time and with excessive fines if they talk publicly, if they say anything publicly about the, the investigation or why they may be targets of the investigation, even though the press... And in the case of the John Doe that we're talking about, the political John Doe, the press and their allies in the Democratic Party had you know, full reign basically to talk about all of this sort of stuff and make it a political issue for Governor Scott Walker and for his allies in the conservative movement. And uh, thankfully, there was reform there that said you couldn't do that again. You couldn't make the John Doe a political weapon And if you were going to have the John Doe at all in the state, Wisconsin is one of uh, two states, at least at the time, that actually even continued to have this antiquated um, star chamber. If you were going to have this as a means of investigation, you had to have clear oversight, which was not in the law before. Uh, These were rubber stamp judges that worked on this, boilerplate 
acceptance of uh, these these warrants and these subpoenas that uh, folks like Milwaukee County District Attorney John Chisholm, a deeply partisan Democrat, he was in charge of this thing along with uh, the old Government Accountability Board. I think folks in the lacrosse area will remember, led by you know Wisconsin's political speech cop, a bureaucrat of all bureaucrats, uh, Kevin Kennedy, who no longer has his position. And there's no longer a Government Accountability Board, and. There's no longer a government accountability board because that government accountability board was not accountable. And uh, there were many, many violations and abuses of power. But, you know, we look back now six years after the Supreme Court. We're coming up on six years after the state Supreme Court ruled this was unconstitutional and a perfect storm of wrongs committed against the people of Wisconsin. And we still see the, uh, the problems with government abuse and power. That certainly didn't end just because we had a Supreme Court decision that declared this form of investigation unconstitutional. Well, I'll remind our listeners that I myself, because of my leadership in the Republican Party, I am currently a subject of lawsuits from SEIU, that's a government union, and Governor Tony Evers. Those those suits are ongoing, and mm-hmm. it is essentially uh, to punish my political activity. So not much has changed in that regard in terms of the way that Democrats use the power of government against their political adversaries. What do you think we can take away from the secret war? What should we be concerned about in the future to ensure that these types of things don't continue? Well, I hope that we can take away the fact that Wisconsin will never have its government officials engaged in these acts of of abuse, abusive power again. Yet, here we are six years later, and we have a governor who, along with local health bureaucrats, unelected health bureaucrats, who have taken away basic fundamental liberties, the right to, you know, to be in a community with someone, the height of the pandemic, even to go out and and protest, excuse me, or or demonstrate, and to uh, seek redress of grievances from their government. I know how difficult it was for people who did not agree with the lockdown policies of of March and April into May of last year, how difficult it was for them to even go and, and protest. Yet we have a disparate form of uh, justice in this country, don't we? Because we also saw at the same time, it was very easy for the so-called peaceful protest of the Black Lives Matter movement, the great Marxist movement of uh, last year, to go in and certainly to protest, but also to to riot and to loot and to wreck up city centers. So the issue, Bill, remains the same. The song remains the same. We have two systems of justice, it seems like, uh, to a lot of folks in America today. The problem is, is that the John Doe investigations that we saw in Wisconsin for several years are going to be writ large under a an administration of radical leftists who, remember, during the Obama years, we had the Obama FBI working alongside the John Doe prosecutors in certain cases. This was a national effort. It wasn't just a statewide campaign finance issue. It was an effort nationally from the left to purposefully go out and punish, as you noted, I think that's a good word, to punish, to intimidate and harass their conservative opponents. 
And that's what's happening with legislation like For the People Act, which is this innocuous sounding thing. It's this democracy sounding thing, but really it's a suite of legislation that could once again open up these kinds of dark prosecutions against opponents of the left in this country. And I think your listeners and everyone in this state and in this country ought to be very concerned about those sorts of things. When we look at Governor Evers and four illegal orders, they've been ruled illegal by the Wisconsin Supreme Court during the last year. It seems that not much has changed. And obviously, these decisions to issue these orders just didn't come from the governor. They came from his administration. There seems to be a disregard for the rule of law when an executive acts outside of the law repeatedly and the courts repeatedly are saying that he's acted outside the law. That's real reason for concern, right? Uh, it's no doubt uh, a real, true reason for concern. And we've seen it, as you said, repeated over and over again over this administration, not just during the pandemic. Things really ratcheted up during the pandemic because uh, I, I think many of your listeners would agree with this assessment that the pandemic was a way, whether they did so consciously or unconsciously, and I think the, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that the left did this very consciously, they used a national crisis and uh, were able to use that crisis to try to push their agenda and to try to reconcile the the power to themselves and and they were able to in many cases successfully do that we saw you know uh, if it wasn't at the state level it certainly was at the, the local levels and throughout much of the state we saw schools shut down for a year a lost year of education you've covered a series of articles that hit home right here in lacrosse county and the first one that uh, has made a lot of news locally is that our our lacrosse county government the county board chair monica cruz appointed a woman named joella stribel to head up a committee that was charged with researching the creation of a new police oversight board a board that would not have any police on it Uh, more recently we learned that uh, to be a member of this board you must be a minority essentially white heterosexual males need not apply to be a member of this police oversight board and uh, you actually broke this story back in March, uh, March 18th, that a lacrosse cop hater was pushing this new oversight board. I'm going to be honest with you. I see this story repeating itself across the state of Wisconsin. I see the story repeating itself in what were supposed to, supposedly conservative places in Wisconsin, in school boards and city councils and county boards across this state. This was a particularly glaring example because you had this woman on Facebook you know, clearly, you know, and and she's free to do this all she wants in a society that welcomes and endorses free speech. But free speech comes with consequences, of course. And so you have, uh, you know, someone who is working or trying to work in an official capacity, someone who's run for local government, continues to run for local government, you know, uh, basically, uh, her record was clear about a defunding police, and she had and and continues it seems to me very radical views this is a quote from your article and these are from joella stribal strong communities prove police obsolete Mm -hmm. (laughs) obsolete 
All cops are bound to a system of violence and oppression. And I'll tell you, in some conversations with some police friends of mine, they tell me that that all cops are bound is part of an acronym, ACAB, all cops are bastards. She just, and she kind of altered that a little bit, but there's a hidden message in there. So this is the woman who was appointed by the county board chair, Monica Cruz, to be the chairwoman of this committee that was going to look into creation of this police oversight board. And that's that's really disturbing to have someone of that mindset come in. Now, you can be all about uh, reform, and we all know there are incidents in this country where there are bad cops. There are incidents in this country where there are bad doctors and bad teachers and bad lawyers and bad everybody. That doesn't mean you do what they claim that systemic uh, racism is doing their their call, you know, their bogus call of systemic racism. You don't stereotype an entire group of people, right? And in this case, the people who are putting their lives in danger. How many stories do we read on a daily basis, not just across the country, but in our own state, in our own cities, where these police officers, these law enforcers are putting their lives on the line every day to keep us safe, to protect us. And you have someone who is saying, uh, not just saying, but really wants to defund the police. You have someone who's saying that police all come from the same wellspring of oppression and racism. That's ridiculous to most people. And if most people were honest in lacrosse, they would say the same thing. That's ridiculous. It's wrong. And it is exactly what they say they're fighting against, which is stereotyping, racism, sweeping generality. In another development, since you wrote that article, another member of this committee, Keontae Turner, was arrested and charged with solicitation of prostitution. That our listeners are cued into the fact that the police oversight board from Lacrosse County um, has nothing to do with police oversight. It has everything to do with undermining uh, our police. And um, a second article that uh, you wrote was about taking back our schools and. Um, there we find Melissa Murray is part of a culture in the La Crosse School District. Uh, she is one of the people who will be part of the host committee for a white privilege conference, which will be held here in La Crosse at the La Crosse Center on December 3rd and 4th. And uh, tell us a little bit about what struck your interest about uh, Miss Murray and the culture in the La Crosse School District. I don't have the quote right in front of me. It's in my documents, and it's certainly in my story. But Melissa Murray, a principal at a middle school in La Crosse, is talking about uh, basically her self-loathing feelings about, you know, how her white privilege and her white supremacy have created problems throughout her community and the world. To me, this is the same thing that I'm seeing in places in southeast Wisconsin and southern Wisconsin and northwest Wisconsin. It's the whole critical race theory, the anti-racism racism. That's what these folks are teaching. That's what they have been indoctrinated in as educators and administrators. That's what they're passing along to our children, that to end racism, you have to be racist, is basically the thing. You have to stereotype people because these are people all tied into the same mission of tearing down 
the existing structure of things and rebuilding it in their own hateful image. And that is truly concerning for rational people anywhere. As we look ahead to next year, I want to say thank you to Matt Kittle for his work reporting on who these people are that seek to run our local government. And we're coming to a very important time of deciding the spring elections of next year, which will determine the course of our local governments. Conservatives simply have to educate themselves about these elections. If you're voting in November, you have to show up and vote in April for your school board and county board and town offices because we can't allow these types of people to change what our country is all about, which is treating people with equality. I think you said it well, Matt Kittle. These people are really espousing forms of racism, and they're striking at the freedoms that we all hold dear. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. I've enjoyed our time together. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this has been another episode of Fact Check. Thanks for listening to Fact Check. Subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can listen at wizmnews.com.